everybody. Well, hello. <laughs> Listen, they said it couldn't be done, but here we are doing it. That's right. We are back recording another episode of My Sister Made Me View It, covering The Way of Kings. My name is Megan, and I should get back to taking a nap. I'll tell you why in a second. My name is Emily, and I should get back to writing my book. But instead... Instead... We're making a podcast! We're making a podcast! Megan, why should you be sleeping? So, I'm I'm sick. Oh, no. (laughs) No. Poor Megan. It's just a cold, right? It's just a little baby cold. It's it's so much worse than that. Oh, no. Turns out, I have COVID and I have food poisoning. (laughs) At the same time. And it took me a couple days to realize it was food poisoning because I'm like, it lists GI tract symptoms as like, possible rare COVID side effects. I guess I just have a really special version of COVID, but no, turns out it's E. coli. It's the double whammy. (laughs) It's the double whammy. So, uh, I feel horrible, but (laughs) do you know what makes me feel better? (laughs) It's podcasting. So, Emily, thank you for letting me still talk about Words of radiance. You are welcome. I'm happy to be here. I've missed you. All right. So, this week on Words of Radiance, we are covering Chapter 16, Swordmaster, Chapter 17, A Pattern, and Chapter 18, Bruises. In these chapters, uh, somebody finally hands Kaladin his own ass. <laughs> Uh, Emily, what did you think of this week's chapters? Oh my goodness. Okay, so I think previously, in the previous episode, we were supposed to do chapters like 13, 14, 15, and 16, because I'm kind of getting the feeling, Megan, that Swordmaster is one of your favorite chapters out of this book. (laughs) I was begging Emily. I'm like, please, can we please just cover four chapters? And instead, I was like, no, because I cannot edit a podcast episode that long. But this was a delightful reading. Um, all of So there's two Kaladin chapters, 16 and 18. And those have been so fun to read and such a joy because we're finally getting our characters to interact with each other. Mm-hmm. All these characters mm-hmm. that we love and have been very firmly in, with their own groups and their own camps, we finally get to see, like, uh, Kaladin interact with Adolin and Renarin and all these other really cool people. Um, and it's just such a joy because... Okay, do you remember when I was... Why I'm so upset with Moash? Because he was mean to Kaladin. Yes. So is Adolin. But I love Adolin now. Of course you do. I have such double standards and I'm going to just, I don't know why I find such joy in this. I love this because I feel like it's this very like, like sibling rivalry, but like, Uh But, like, I want both of them to win. It's not like I'm I'm rooting. Like, when it was Moash and Kaladin, obviously I want Kaladin <laughs> to win. But, like, 
this dynamic that Adolin and Kaladin have is just so entertaining to me, and I'm so excited. Um, but the Shallan chapters, light-eyed well, sympathizer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the Shallan chapters are getting a little dire and I'm getting a little worried. Um, so like I said, I'm loving the Kaladin chapters. It's a little more lighthearted. It's a little more fun. It's people on both sides getting put in their places. Uh, but Shallan's in danger and I <laughs> don't like it. <laughs> uh, Emily, can you start us off with the epigraph for chapter 16? Yes. It says, nimble form has a delicate touch. Gave the gods this form to many, though once defied by the gods they were crushed. This form craves precision and plenty. From the listener's song of listening, 27th stanza. Oh, sorry. From the listener's song of listing, 27th stanza. Nice. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. <sighs> so our main dark eyes, Kaladin, Moesh, and then Drehi, uh... They're coming to guard members of Dalinar's family at the sparring grounds this week. And Moash is like, listen, I I thought the sparring grounds would be different. Yeah, yeah, because only light eyes are allowed here. Like, nobody else. And Drehi is, he's creeping in to be one of my, one of my, like, dark horse runners because <laughs> yeah. he says, I don't know what you expected, Drake, he said to Moash as he inspected the grounds. How would you make sparring grounds different for light eyes? Use diamond dust instead of sand? <laughs> like, Ow. I know. Um, so I, I love, okay, I'm going to try and be as succinct as possible as I'm just like, Megan, we can't talk too long. And I'm like, hold on, let me put all my thoughts in a row. Um, the idea that finally dark eyes are coming into this place where they've never been allowed before and mm -hmm. seeing that like, what's the big deal? It's just a sparring ground. Like there's, what's the big deal? You know, I'm just, I'm loving these two worlds colliding sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, people who do not have shard blades, Emily, how are they allowed to train with shard blades? What are the circumstances for that? So, they use the king's blades. Apparently, the king has two shard blades. Uh, it says, one is that of his father kept for the tradition of training shard bearers. The ardent glanced at the sparring men. Althkar has always had the finest shard bearers in the world. The tradition is part of it. The king has hinted that someday he might bestow his father's blade upon a worthy warrior. So, uh, if it's a tradition, here's what I understand. That the king has his own personal blade plus his predecessor's blade, his father's blade or whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's not just a, a Elokar thing. It's a, all kings have this tradition. Well... I'm going to say that it's an Elokar and Gavilar thing. Oh, okay. Okay, because this is a new, a Gavilar newly formed founded, thing. Yeah. yeah, Gavilar founded Alethkar. So it's been a tradition for two kings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This explains how Amaram was trained in the blade before he <laughs> stole it from Kaladin. Stole it right under Kaladin's nose. Uh, Kaladin's a bit of a storm cloud now that Amaram is in the camps. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he is. I mean, we'll get into it, but Amaram is one of the biggest reasons for where Kaladin is now. And mm -hmm. 
I don't know what I want out of this, Megan. I don't know if I want them to have a huge giant confrontation or Mm -hmm. for Amaram to see Kaladin and not recognize him. Although I don't know how you could (laughs) not not recognize Kaladin with the the brands across his head and he's the whole reason that you have a shard blade because you murdered everyone and took it from him. So I don't know what I want. I don't know how it's going to go. And I'm actually really nervous about it. Um, but Kaladin and Moash, they talk about Amaram here, right? They do. I want to talk about before that. There's an ardent there that is kind of showing the dark eyes around. And Kaladin is looking for weaknesses. And people just kind of think this is stupid. That's that's yeah. the kind of like vibe I'm getting from everyone that these are sparring grounds. No one's going to attack anyone here. But Kaladin is like going out of his way to be rude. Not rude, but to like kind of prove a point, I guess. So he like he mentions the king by name with no honorific. That's he just right. calls him Elokar. Yeah. And people are kind of like uh <laughs> sir yeah. you can't do that <laughs> because here's the thing like this is Kaladin's job he's taking it very seriously he's not here because he's being difficult although that's how it's coming across but I feel like by coming over and saying this is your training ground where all the light eyes are and I am saying that someone is going to, you know, the possibility of someone attacking royalty. I feel like Kaladin is also calling honor into question because I feel like it would be an understood rule that like training grounds are training grounds and there's a very specific purpose to this. And then Kaladin's coming in and going, well, here's where I would hide if I was a murderer, you know? And they're like, but you're a dark eyes. <laughs> that's that's something the dark eyes would do. Like, I feel like, Kaladin there is a very uncomfortable reminder of, like, just the two different worlds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, people are still, like you were saying, they're still underestimating Kaladin, and they're not believing him because he's a dark eyes, even though he's bringing a valuable new point of view into this, like, into this area. Like, he's considering things that they clearly have not considered before, mm-hmm. but they're like, ugh. Because he thought of them. They aren't that special. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, but yes, Megan, you were correct that uh, Kaladin and Moash are talking about Amaram. And Kaladin doesn't doesn't give out his life story, but basically he's like, I was in the army. That was my life before dot, dot, dot. And Moash can extrapolate. That's his handiwork, isn't it? You know, gesturing to the scars and the brands on Kaladin's face, head, forehead, whatever. Yep. And he believes him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they they have this in they have this in common now. Yeah. Listen. They're friends, okay? Listen, no <laughs> I'm not saying I like Moash. I'm saying he's not a big of a jerk as he has been. Not a big of a jerk as he could have been a lord. <laughs> But there's a lot that's bothering Kaladin. Like, okay, you know, like, life is just going along, and there's things that bother you, and it's fine. But every so often, you go through phases where it's just, like, everything happens. Everything all at once. 
And what you mean can, like you get COVID and you get E. coli and, you, and two episodes are due for work and you drop your phone and the screen breaks? Right. I'm yeah. really going through it, you guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like all of those things separately are are doable. It's just when you throw them all together, it sucks even worse. And here we have Kaladin who's trying to make sure nobody kills the king or the high prince or, you know, the princelings or whatever. And and then you've got to make sure he's trying to, like, unite his band of people and, and you know, build up Bridge Four again with all these new people. He is worried about, you know, Amaram being there. He's worried about the the runes that are being written on the wall and in Dalinar's rooms like all of these things are perfectly doable separately but he just has so much on his plate right now and then Syl drops some surprising new information so so like she's trying to cheer Kaladin up and she's she's trying to convince him to talk to Dalinar about Amaram Syl is trying to help as best as she can help She's like, why don't you talk to Dalinar about it? Yeah. And Emily, what does Kaladin have to say to that? Okay, so I loved this. And it's very interesting. Megan, you're teaching me. You're teaching me your ways. <laughs> so um, I think, okay, here's what I think. I think Kaladin wants to believe in Dalinar. Like, he wants Dalinar to be a pinnacle of honor. That's what I feel like deep down. That's what he wants is someone to prove that they are 100% honorable and that honor is real and is a thing. But I feel like there's also a part of him that's like trying to prepare him for the inevitable, the inevitable bad stuff that always happens. So he's talking to Syl and he, say, he says like Dalinar Colin is friends with one of the worst murderers I've ever met. Dalinar is light-eyed. He's probably friends with a lot of murderers. Like, he's trying to, like, humanize Dalinar, but in a really weird way. And, oh, and still, from this from this conversation, is just like, wait, 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 wait. You think Dalinar Colin is only pretending to be honorable? And they have a conversation where he's just like, no, like, he is a good man. But Amaram has him fooled. Like, like this to Kaladin proves that Dalinar is human because he was fooled. Uh -huh. And I'm just like, Kaladin, buddy, buddy, friend, friendo. Like, people are, are fallible? Fallible. Yeah. Yeah. Um... But here's something that, that Syl says that's very interesting because she says you think Dalinar Cullen is only pretending to be honorable and Kaladin opens his mouth and she says, don't you lie to me, Kaladin. No lies ever. Compare that with Puzzle. No. Compare that with Pattern, who <laughs> loves lies. And from what I remember, the two different spren, the, because Syl is honor spren and have we figured out what kind of spren Pattern is? Yes, he is uh, what's known as a cryptic. Cryptic, um, They're sometimes right. called lie spread. Mm -hmm. And these two factions don't get along. So I'm interested to see what happens, what happens there. So, but yeah, Kaladin's just like, what? Am I supposed to go tell Delinar what happened? He's not going to listen to me. Like, what do you want me to do? And I don't know what I want Kaladin to do. Like, what? Okay, what I want him to do is go tell Delinar what happened. What happened with Amram? But... There, okay, there are good, 
there is good and there is bad. There is black and there is white. But you also have Dalinar who has to like run. He Dalinar's basically running the country because Elokar is such an idiot that he just like. <laughs> and so Elokar is his own thing. But like, yes, I Dalinar probably would go to Amram and be like, what is going on, my dude? But he has to also balance like all of this political stuff. And it's just so messy that it's not going to. Okay. Well, here's the thing I was about to say. It's not going to allow Dalinar to see things in black and white. But Dalinar gave up the shard blade for the bridgeman. Like that was very Mm -hmm. black and white. So Dalinar may surprise me and just like straight up denounce Amaram or something. I don't know. We are only 238 pages into this and I'm already like, oh, what's going to happen? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) But the kind of tension... Doesn't break. I think the tension gets ratcheted up even more because Adolin shows up and starts needling at Kaladin. You mm-hmm. know, so Adolin and Renarin arrive. Mm-hmm. Please do not forget the other special. I what the other special boy? I Megan. No one loves Renarin. You Emily hates him. Actually, you heard I am here first, specifically folks. talking about. <laughs> Kaladin and Adolin's interaction. I haven't even got to Renarin yet. He's so special. He gets his own. Don't you put words in my mouth. Mm, but he doesn't He doesn't get mentioned first. He's always in last place. I, I understand. I don't even think he gets mentioned in the book. You don't even have the book by you. I've got the book. So aren't you astounded at how good my memory is? <laughs> they don't even Sorry. mention, yeah, they don't mention Renarin by name. They just say Adolin and his brother finally arrived. <laughs> 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 oh. Kaladin doesn't, Kaladin doesn't really care about Renarin. No, and he since doesn't. he's our point of view character, he doesn't really register because Renarin is here having just gotten his shard plate. He's just been bequeathed to him by his dad. And so this is going to be Renarin's like first day of training. In fact, the reason why they're coming here is Renarin is going to be apprenticed to a sword master. Yes. Title of the episode. But uh, tell us about the uh, Kaladolin stuff. Okay, so Adolin's kind of like, oh, you finally decided to call. Oh, he says, you've decided to start using proper titles for people. Didn't you call my father, sir? And Kaladin, Kaladin's like, he's a, it's my chain of command. And I'm not, Adolin said frowning. No. <laughs> like, Kaladin <laughs> has no time for this man's like, absolutely not. <laughs> Sorry, I know that was possessive, but you, the S's blended together. So it's like, <laughs> Kaladin has no time for this man. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we find out here that uh, because, like, Kaladin gives back as good as he receives, where he's just like, Hey, listen, I'm here to protect you, and that's it. If you want people to run you silly little errands, you're going to have to talk to somebody else. And Adolin's just like, listen, I owe you my life, Adolin growled, as if it hurt to say the <laughs> words. That's the only I reason I haven't thrown you out a window. <laughs> <laughs> 
like, like I'm just getting big sibling energy from these two, and and or like rivals, he like rival up energy. Bridgman from the window, <laughs> the one with the shash brand. <laughs> so, but, um, do you know what's wait real fast? Do you know what's very funny? What? This reminds me of Kaladin wanting to throw Tavlakov off a cliff. Yes, which I didn't get. But Tavlakov is making his way back to the Shattered Plains. So maybe I will get that. So I, I think it's, for me, this is a an early similarity between Kaladin and Adolin is, <laughs> I'm going to throw this person I hate off something really, really high. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, here's, here's Renarin in the plate and actually... Ada, no, sorry. Actually, Kaladin is kind of upset that Dalinar gave it to Renarin. He's like, Dalinar should be the one wearing it. Anything that keeps that man alive, we need to give it to him. And so he, yeah, he has no feelings or no thoughts about Renarin. To him, okay, maybe this is going too far, and I apologize if it is. But I feel like he's treating Renarin like a bridgeman. Like if he was... Ooh. Like, cause he just, he, he doesn't see Renarin as anything. I mean, this is a, a, not an adult, but he's a, he's a grown person who should have been learning to fight his entire life because that's what the Alethi value, you know, being a soldier, et cetera, et cetera. But Renarin has this weakness, which means he physically can't do that. So therefore Renarin mm-hmm. has no value and Kaladin is, I think he's got some, some bias towards this person that he doesn't even realize um yeah it's it's again echoing that sentiment that we've seen in both Sadius and amaram that a man who is untrained is not worth training mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh and you know kaladin you you literally turned the bridgeman around you know what time and practice does for someone um, and that's so interesting that you said that he thought of him as a bridgeman. I was thinking, he's thinking of Renarin as another Elokar. Oh. Like a, a spoiled little light eyes who just gets super duper valuable stuff, even though someone else deserves it more. I like that. That's really good. That's a really good one. Oh, thanks. Um, so yeah, he's looking at, he's looking at, you know, Renarin doing all of this and and he and Sil Kaladin and Sil have another conversation about the blades where Kaladin remembers like oh you don't like anyone who carries these blades you called them abominations before but the Radiance carried them so were the Radiance wrong to do so and then we get a little bit of information where she tells him the shards weren't abominations back then and the thing that changed Mm. were the knights the people that carried them but I'm like Mm. if you have Dalinar, <coughs> bless you. If you have Dalinar, who is supposedly so honorable and so amazing and so wonderful, and he's not even like he's, she didn't like it when he had a blade. Like, what? Who's worthy to carry a blade? Like, I'm very confused on this point. And Emily, why are they bad now, but they weren't bad before? Um, like, what did the what did the knights do that changed? the the worth of these blades 
Does it have to do with the day that they all like stuck them in the ground and walked away like they broke their oath sort of a thing? Well, that's an interesting dot to connect. Oh, that would that would be my guess. That would be my dot guess. Okay. I guess we'll just have to uh we'll just have to rifo. Okay. That's fine. Um as they are talking about the shard blades, Kaladin spots a very peculiar ardent mm-hmm. across the way. Yeah. And and I I'm interested in this because he's just like like he's talking to Sil and he's like, look at this person over here. He's watching the princelings. And Sill's just like everybody is. And Kaladin's like, no, he's different. And 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 we get this very interesting, like, Kaladin's very interesting reasonings about, like, this man looks so perfectly in place. Therefore, that means he doesn't belong here. Like, he's effortlessly fitting in. And I just thought that was really interesting reasoning, you know? Mm-hmm. That that someone, it's it's like the old adage: if you don't want anyone to catch you, walk confidently. Don't run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and so we he confronts this guy, and what's his name? His name is uh, Zahel. Z a h e l. Yep. I don't know. You asked the question. I answered it. No, what do you, you, want you from answered me? it. So I'm going to do a thing. And I took an informal poll. And that informal poll is I asked Ted. Okay. Uh, and Ted said I should do it. Okay. Um, I'm ready. <laughs> uh, but what you should know is this character uh, does go by another name. Okay. Um, Talaxin. Talaxin, that sounds like a not quite palindrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Khaled. Uh, you may recognize the phrase Warbreaker the Peaceful. I don't. How about Peacegiver the Blessed? No. What about Vasher? I want to say yes, but I couldn't tell you where it's from. So I'm going to say the phrase Warbreaker the Peaceful again. Oh, and oh, see if that oh, helps see, that sums up. I have to jump books now. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it's a basher! This is Vasher. Oh, I'm so excited. So it's I'm and I'm I'm gonna temper some expectations here. This is not very overt in these books, and it's not totally like explained why he's on Roshar or how he got here. Okay. Um, does he know but, Hoyd? If they're World Walkers, does he know Hoyd? Rafa. Okay. Um. And so, uh. He is going to use some weird idioms that Kaladin doesn't quite understand. Oh, um, yes, yes. Like something like, oh, if you do this to me, it makes me eat the wrong flower. Or he'll he'll usually mention stuff that has to do with colors. And 
I I want you to be able to enjoy and know that this is Vasher, Emily, and this is why we read Warbreaker. Thank you, Ted, for convincing <laughs> Megan to tell me. I do apologize to everyone that it took me 10 minutes to figure it out. <laughs> it's all right. I gave him, I, I gave you all of his, like, weird titles first. <laughs> a reveal! I'm excited. So, yeah, it's not, I, and I promise to you, there's not going to be a point later on in this book where he's like, my name is Vesher. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good, because I get mad about it. Um... That was so funny. I thought for sure when I said Warbreaker the Peaceful that you'd be like, ah! I was thinking it was like, it was like a book that I hadn't heard of yet or like the name of a sword. I, I had, I was so focused on, on words of radiance and thinking like, mm-hmm. you've got like Oathbringer and you have, you know, like literally the way of kings. And I'm like, have we talked about this book yet? No, we haven't. Cause it's a person. Yeah. And so the the crossover isn't super overt. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's he's not showing up to be like, what is this, a crossover episode? <laughs> um, but we are getting more Cosmere characters in this, the Cosmere flagship series. Nice. And and I'll go through just a little bit. Like it's now that I know this, this is so interesting because it talks about, like, the eyes seemed old somehow, but the man's skin didn't seem wrinkled enough to match them. He could have been 35 or he could have been 70. <laughs> but And then Kaladin's like, but 70's too young. Like, he doesn't understand why he's thinking that. And it talks about, like, the man has a strange accent. And he talks about, like, oh, they waited until I got back to do this. So, like, he's been here before. Like, uh-huh. like he's no stranger to this. And we find out that uh, Zahel is actually a swordmaster. And mm-hmm. and that the reason everyone has gathered today is so that uh, one of the swordmasters will pick Renarin to train under them, uh, and and Meg, this is the this is the god piece that you were talking about this part next. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Kaladin is talking about how he thinks this man is odd. Um, and then Syl says, you all seem odd to me. Everyone but Rock, who is a complete gentleman. I love their friendship. He thinks you are a god. You shouldn't encourage him. Why not? I am a god. He turned his head, looking at her flatly as she sat on his shoulder. Syl, what? I am. She grinned and held up her fingers as if pinching something very small. A little piece of one. Very, very little. You have permission to bow to me now. Hey, Emily. Was that all from memory? No. Oh. <laughs> I was about to be super impressed. Sorry, no, I looked up this specific quote. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, Emily, Syl says she's a little piece of a god. I believe it. What god is dead? The All Father. But he's not really the All Father. Honor is dead. The fr- and still is a honor spread. Hmm. So is this like the child's first laughter that broke into a thousand pieces and went skipping around and that's where fairies come from? 
I thought you were quoting the end of Way of Kings, which is a brutal murder, a, a child witnessing a brutal murder that stole her innocence. <laughs> no, that's Peter Pan. Um, okay, so remember the conversation Cal had with his mom in a flashback in book one that everything has a spren. So like the roots that she has for dinner, they have a spren, but when she cuts the root in half, it's now two smaller spren. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's it's something more along those lines. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> Kelton's a little cranky this week. Yeah. But uh, we've met a new friend, and now you know who it is. Yay. So, at this point. He's my favorite character on. out of this whole book now. Oh, that's. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, uh, don't tell me what to do. But, hey, if he's here. Where's everybody else from Warbreaker? Well, has Warbreaker even happened yet? <gasps> has he? I don't know. I know. Does he have Nightblood with him? Uh, did Kaladin mention any Black Sword? No, no, he didn't. And Kaladin is very observant. Who, uh, what was the situation at the end of Warbreaker? I don't think Vasher had Nightblood at the end. Didn't Vivian, Vivian have it? Vivenna? Vivenna. Yeah, Vivenna had night blood at the end of the book. Yeah. Mm, okay. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't like not knowing Megan. Now I hate this book. It's okay. You can rafe okay. You'll read and then you'll find out <laughs> okay. and you'll know. So let's move on to chapter 17, A Pattern. Can you give us the epigraph? All right. It says, Dull form, dread with the mind most lost, the lowest and one not bright. To find this form, one need banish the cost. It finds you and brings you to blight. From the listener song of listing final stanza. That's interesting <laughs> that dull form is the final stanza. Yeah, because it's, it's spooky. Yeah. Uh, so, so this Emily, chapter, you were saying the Shalon chapters are a bit of a bit of a downer. Do you want to tell us about Shalon? It's full of anxiety because by the end of the chapter, they're running, they're being chased by bandits, and it is uh -huh. literally Tavlakov, Bluth, and two parchment and a wagon full of slaves, like, and maybe a couple other like people to keep everybody in line, but like. They don't have anybody who can protect them by any means of the imagination. <laughs> and I don't like it. Yeah. Because Shallan doesn't know how to, like, use soul casting yet. Because if Yasna was there, which maybe maybe that's... Okay, okay, here's what's going to happen. Yasna's going to come up like Gandalf at the final moment when the dawn comes and save... Okay, I'm okay with this then. That's fine. The thing is, were Yasna to show up Gandalf style, don't you think the way that Brandon Sanderson uses his page count, that this is too soon for that to happen? No, I don't. I actually don't. Okay. I think that it's high time and I'm tired of it because I know she's fine and she's going to come back and this is boring not having her here. Wow, okay. I'm sorry this book has nothing to offer you. <laughs> wow, you've you're just really all over the place tonight. I love this book. I hate this book. This book is so boring. 
Uh, listen, I like what I like. <clears throat> um, yes, you do. You, you like betrayal and Adolin and now uh, Zahel. Yep, yep. Those are the three things I like. <laughs> uh, so Shalon to... The she it's you're right. This chapter is full of anxiety, and she's trying to cover up her anxiety with sketching mm-hmm. in her sketchbook. Um, now these aren't memories with a capital M. She's just uh sort of drawing from observation, drawing from life around her, and drawing from what she remembers of her studies. Yeah. What are some of the things that she's drawing in her sketchbook? Uh, the rock bud. And correct me if I'm wrong. Has she like picked one? It says she she. Put the tiny plant back in the cup she'd been using to nurture it. Like, is she, is she pulling a risen and like taking a piece of nature with her? Maybe, maybe. But yeah, um, maybe. she is okay. So it's interesting. Yeah, she's she's sketching all everything that's around them. She begins sketching Bluth, and um, she actually starts. I found this very interesting. She starts sketching him not as he is now, but what he could like, uh, mm-hmm. what he could look like, uh, a different composition, idealized perhaps, but somehow also right. He could actually look dashing once you dressed him up properly. A uniform, a spear planted to his side, eyes toward the horizon. By the time she finished, she was feeling much better about the day. And so like she's not... Because her her MO up to this point is to take a memory and sketch, like, real life exactly Mm -hmm. how it is. And I like this idea of becoming a little more free. She gets to explore and use her imagination, uh, which she is... She's being creative. She's being creative. She's she's always been this person that's in the moment and, and... focuses on what's happening right in front of her face and i just find this very interesting that she is branching off and doing this um i agree with you thank you uh that finally she has to be an artist like the rest of us (laughs) just magically taking a picture with her mind and then perfectly copying it down on paper she's it almost feels she's gotta change the way she she sees the world. Yeah. Um. It almost feels like she's doing her own uh fan art of the world around her as she wishes it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tavlakov is also trying to cover up how worried he is about the people coming up behind them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, there are not just people coming up behind them, but there is another column of smoke in front of them. Yeah. Yeah. She's like they're they're surrounded that's what it is Mm -hmm. like there's no pretending like oh it's just another bunch of travelers it's like no you've walked into like a trap sort of a thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and here again she'll okay listen i'm gonna apologize i'm not hating on shalon i just okay this just feels... It's hard that you're only getting little pieces at a time. Yes, yes. And and here's the thing. I, I don't want it to come across as Shalana is my least favorite character. That's not it at all. I just don't understand her motivations at this point. It feels like she's 
a young kid pretending to be an adult, which gives me anxiety. That's the only reason I don't like this. It's not because it's Shalon. It's anybody else in her shoes doing the same thing I would be very uncomfortable with. Please understand. She doesn't have shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Or a hat. (laughs) But yeah, Emily, she is, she's 17. Mm -hmm. You're right. She's... She is a junior in high school, and she is pretending to be a PhD. <laughs> but yeah, Shalon is also, maybe it's because she's being bossy. And okay, again, I hope you all understand, I'm not saying I don't like this book. I'm saying just how I feel about what's going on in the moment where Shalon okay. gives the orders. Be, technically she has every right to because she is so much more elevated than them in the social circle but they're not in society right now like why are you still clinging to these roles when nothing matters because if they do not treat her like a light-eyed lady mm-hmm. they could kill her, steal her stuff, and just leave her body out here in the frostlands. That's what I'm saying. Why is she insisting so it, on being a light-eyed lady? So they don't kill her and oh. leave her body in the frostlands. Sorry, Sorry I'm just, I'm upset that she's bossing everybody around. She's trying to survive. Okay. She's trying to. She's trying to play the part. Okay, that makes more yeah. sense. I get it now. And. And if she plays the part with as much confidence as she can muster, then by force of personality, they have to fall into their societal roles with her. Mm-hmm. It's, um, we talked about this in Warbreaker, it's like the opposite of what Vivenna does, where the kidnappers are playing society with their victim so that she doesn't know that she's kidnapped. And now Shalon is like, I'm playing society with my captors so they don't realize that I'm kidnapped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but it's very interesting because uh, she's going through all of this, but she doesn't feel like she's really this person. And so what she does is kind of what she was doing with Bluth. She starts drawing places of power, places that that give her the, the visual feeling of power. Uh, talks about... Uh, a ball gown, a woman at court, surrounded by the elite of Alethkar as she imagined them. Tall, strong, the woman belonged among them. Shalon added her face to the figure. So I love that she's like literally doing her own do-it-yourself vision board and is like mm-hmm. willing this version of herself into existence, which I think is very cool. So I like this part. Um, yeah. Hee-hee. <laughs> oh. So we think about joining with one of the caravans, and it's decided against that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then she starts having some pretty fun conversations with Pattern, uh, who, it turns out, Pattern is a scholar. Yeah. He is here to learn about the humans. <laughs> I, listen, Shalon is my least favorite character. Okay. That's not true. It's actually Seth. But- what? I love Pattern. (laughs) I love Pattern. And I love seeing these two scholars from two different worlds, like, developing this common language between them. And I love the moment where Pattern is like, 
it, it's so funny because Syl made a comment along these exact same lines of, you consume some things and turn them into other things. Very curious things that you hide. They have value, but you leave them. Why? We're done with that conversation, Shalon said. <laughs> Syl also asked Kaladin about this at the beginning of book one. Mm-hmm. She's like, you humans are so strange, taking some things in, leaking things out when you think no one else is looking. Apparently, Spren don't poop. But I thought everybody poops. Well, Spren don't. Spren aren't people. You know what? Ooh. Well, like, we know that. They're not they're magical <laughs> I beings. Know, I know. <laughs> I don't know why we paused like it was something. Huh. A big revelation. So while the Shalon pattern conversation starts out a little funny, uh, it starts to get really dark. Emily, pattern is trying to get her to remember something. Yeah. That she what, does what? not want to do. My guess is that it is what something that happened to her mother and something to do with the shard blade. Because every time she almost remembers, like, there's, like, the image of blood everywhere and just, like, this feeling that, like, something terrible is there, you know, and and she's just like, no, absolutely, I will not do this. Okay, so here we go. You spoke oaths, Shalon froze. Life before death. The words drifted towards her from the shadows of her past. A past she would not think of. You live lies, Pattern said. It gives you strength. But the truth, without speaking truths, you will not be able to grow, Shalon. I know this somehow. Hey, Emily. Shalon apparently knows the first ideal of the Night's Radiant. <gasps> what if her mom was one and that's how she knows the words? Ooh. Ooh. I mean, but Kaladin seemed to know the words, like, instinctively, even though they were really stupid words. They're not stupid. <laughs> Could you just it's lighten the, up? <laughs> it's about the journey, not the destination. Um, well, now we start talking about the death of all the other Spren. Can you, can you talk a little bit about this conversation that they have? Right, uh, because he, Pat, I'm assuming, I mean, the book calls him a he, Pattern, uh, talks about, I will learn what I can of you before you kill me. And Shalon's like, you think I'm going to kill you? It happened to the others, Pattern said, his voice softer now. It will happen to me. It is a pattern. And so we've talked <sighs> about that if, like, Kaladin dies, Syl will go stupid. I don't know if that's the same thing as killing him, killing her. Uh, so I don't know if there is something in the sprint because Shalon has just learned that she can suck in Stormlight and that it fixed her dress and it's fixing her feet. And so mm -hmm. I feel that Spren maybe have some sort of Stormlight within them. And once you get to a certain point, the only way you can move forward is to like suck the life out of the spren and that's how they die but i can't imagine like that's a terrible a terrible plot point and i hope that's not it but like how do you kill a spren 
how do you kill a god? Yeah. You can't. Mm, they're immortal. <laughs> I hope we never find out because I really love Syl and Pattern. Me too. Speaking of Pattern, there's some art in the book this week. Yes, it's like the 2D version of his pattern. Mm-hmm. Uh, who who drew it? I'm assuming it's... Oh, hold on. Oh, it's... Okay, so for those of you who don't have the book, uh, this, this is a full-page illustration with different versions of the pattern everywhere and notes, and then half of the notes are blurred out like they've been, like, water-soaked. It's very, very cool. But it says, uh, there's notes at the bottom. You have no idea what I went through to recover this from the bottom of the Rosharan Ocean. You owe me a new coat, Naj. And so, so I'm assuming the, this is one of Shalon's drawings that was lost. Mm-hmm. It wasn't in a waterproof tote. <laughs> right? Because the waterproof tote made it to shore <laughs> and the rest didn't. That's the point. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so lucky. You're so lucky. Were it not for the laws of this land that make me quarantine for my COVID, (laughs) I would have booped you on the back of the head already. (sighs) Yeah, there's. We learn a lot of things. It's a very tense situation where we are. Um, I'm really hoping we get out of it sooner rather than later. Yeah, (sighs) Shalon too, buddy. (laughs) But uh, let's go back to. Kaladin and the princess. I love this chapter. For you, the Swordmaster was your favorite. This one's my favorite. Start me up on, uh, give me that epigraph. Scholar form shown for patience and thought. Beware its ambitions innate. Though study and diligence bring the reward, loss of innocence may be one's fate. Which I find fascinating. What form is Eshenai's sister Venli in? She's in scholar form. She's the one that's just, or yeah, yeah, scholar form. Mm -hmm, Because she's mm -hmm. discovering everything and Eshenai is the one who gets to test it out because Venli right now is really too valuable to lose. What's the, what's the warning of scholar form? Loss of innocence may be one's fate. Nope, the earlier one. Oh. Beware the. Ambitions innate. Can you read it all again? I thought I was listening for something specific okay. and I've forgotten it. Scholar form shown for patience and thought. Beware its ambitions innate. Though study and diligence bring the reward, loss of innocence may be one's fate. Yes, yes. Okay, so beware the ambition. We saw a lot of that with Venley's discovery where she's like, I found it. It was my discovery. I should get to be the one to test it. Listen, and I think wonder, she's hundred like, percent right. <laughs> Their sister situation. Did we talk about how much it reminds me of the Dark Crystal sisters? I think we did, but if we didn't, we can okay. talk about it again. Well, it does. It reminds me of the Dark Crystal sisters. There we go. That's it. Nice. That's all. Band uh, name: Dark Crystal Sisters. I love it. Thank you. Uh, so, first off. Lopin uh, brings some refreshments, and Kaladin has no interest. (laughs) (laughs) He thinks it's disgusting and uncouth. It sounds so good, though. It sounds like dinty more beef chunk stew in a hot pita. It does. Um, 
listen, I may butcher this fact, and Jane, if I have, I apologize. You may correct me. Um, apparently, takeout, I don't know if it was invented in Rome, but there is evidence of like restaurants and takeout and food delivery services in Rome in the ancient days. And this is what I'm getting vibes of because Lopin's just, what does he say? He says, it's convenient. See, it's wrapped up good. You can walk about, get stuff done, eat at the same time. Slovenly, Kaladin said. <laughs> like, like Kaladin sounds like an old man, like, get off my property. I don't like change. <laughs> I don't like change. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not like the food he eats is so delicious. I feel like for Kaladin, he's one of the people that's like, what is it? I eat to survive. I eat to survive. Oh, yeah. He's one of those, <laughs> I only I only drink Soylent kind of people. Yes. And I'm just like, live a little, dude. I had a friend who was like, eating is such a bother. And he actually did just go on nutrient shakes for a while. And I'm like... Mm. Eating is great. <laughs> I want chuta, chowta, chowta. I want it, chowta. Uh, so we're discussing um what the patrol routes are going to be, um because if you remember, a lot of Dalinar's previous forces, like a huge percentage of Dalinar's men, were used to patrol the lands around the Shattered Plains, and with so much of that patrol force gone a lot of the freed bridgemen um kaladin made a deal with him that they would patrol first mm -hmm. that they wouldn't be made to go to combat first yeah um and we've also got another high storm coming in soon but uh while this is happening emily what is the first thing that zahel slash vasher uh is teaching renarin how to do how to jump off of stuff and like because remember you're in your Iron Man suit, and so you're much more protected. <laughs> and he's basically just having Renarin go up to very high places and jump off and land. <laughs> and I, I, listen, Megan, contrary to everything that you think about me, Renarin has a very special place in my heart. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> so, like, he's... He, he, you know, he's been instructed to jump and Zale's just like, go, 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 go do it. And, and he does. Um, let's see. Uh, Renarin, uh, let's see, scrambled back, snatched his helmet off the ground, nearly slipping onto his face as he did so. He spun off balance and ran awkwardly to the stairs. He nearly plowed into a pillar on the way. Kaladin snorted softly. Oh, Zahel said, and you'd assume you'd do better your first time wearing shard plate bodyguard? I doubt I'd forget my helmet. <laughs> like, Kaladin is just kind of, Kaladin's just not impressed with anybody but himself. But that Kaladin's makes... being kind of a bitch. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> I mean, he's very impressive. He... He doesn't know that there are other Radiants out there right now. He kind I, I mean, I'm thinking he kind of thinks he's the only one. And so, yeah, he is pretty cool. I'm, I'm the High Storm special little boy. <laughs> My High Princess, I'm a miracle. <laughs> 
But uh, Zahel kind of gives Kaladin like a, a little mini lesson, you know, uh, where Zahel's just like, I gave him the speech of just like, I'm your master and you do what I say. And he, and he's just like, Renarin listened to me and Kaladin's like big freaking deal. Every soldier gets that. And, and, you know, Zahel's trying to help Kaladin understand that, um, I am trying to help you, Kaladin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, Renarin just like throws himself off the roof and just like, crashes to the ground <laughs> right as like Zahel is trying to be like he's great he's gonna do fine and then he's just like blah, 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 blah. and it's it's funny it's just really funny mm-hmm. but Renarin mm-hmm. climbed his feet he looked down as if surprised that he hadn't broken anything and so anyway Kaladin realizes that that Zahel is trying to teach Renarin to be confident in the plate that he wears, that it will protect him, that you, I mean, you think about like, if you train from a young age, you're going to understand how this works, but Renarin is older. He's not quite as old as Kaladin, but he has all of this innate fear, I guess, to overcome. Because if you do end up jumping off somewhere high, the ground rushing up, you're going to tense up or you're going to, you know, be worried about what's going to happen. And you have to unlearn and trust your Mm -hmm. gear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Adolin picks up on the complete, because listen, we know that Kaladin has no poker face ever. Yeah. Like, Amaram shows up and Kaladin basically throws a fit in front of everyone. Like, the man cannot keep his face a secret. He thinks he's so cool. He thinks he's so impassive. But I would bet you 100% Adolin has seen Kaladin sneering at his little brother. Oh, yeah. And that's what's driving. <laughs> what happens next? Hey, Emily, what happens next? Wait, 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 wait. wait. We got to get to this other thing. Sorry, I know we have like a time limit, but this chapter is so good. Um, no, 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 no. Yeah, anytime. Uh, you know, I'll I'll spend eight <laughs> hours solid talking about this. So Zahel's just saying like, I'm really looking forward to teaching Renarin. And then he kind of pauses. He's like, you on the other hand. And Kaladin immediately is like, nope, I've already done that. I've already marched in the sun. I've already been yelled at by recruiters. I have done my time. Absolutely not. Thank you. Good day. See you later. Bye. And, and Zahel's just like, you're turning down the opportunity to work with me. I mean, not like that, but that's almost how it feels like, you know. Do you know who I am? I Do you know what book I was already in? It was named after me. Emily. Was your book named after you, Kaladin? Emily didn't know. <laughs> it's Vasher. Who's Vasher? Well, you notice I didn't uh, say no. I don't know who that is. I paused trying to rack my brain where I'd heard it before. Well, because you weren't you weren't expecting you weren't expecting a great crossover episode. I wasn't, and I'm pleasantly surprised. Alright, sorry, I interrupted you. You're going on a thing about how Vasher was like, you're passing up a chance to work with me. Yeah, and 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 um Zale's trying to convince him. He's just like, listen. Plenty of other men have had your job and they've died basically on the job. You need to know how to fight 
someone that's holding a blade, capital B blade. Oh, yeah. And he says, have you ever fought a man holding one of these? Once or twice, Kaladin said, relaxing against the nearby pillar. So this is the interesting part. This is why I'm reading it word for word, just so that we can talk about this. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Don't lie to me. I'm not lying, Kaladin said, meeting Zahel's eyes. Ask Adolin what I pulled his father out of a few weeks back. So here's the thing. Kaladin knows that no one is going to believe him when he says, I've fought basically barehanded several shard blade holders and I've come out on top and I've won. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think this has got to really like grind his gears when he's just like, ask Adolin. Like he has to have a light eyes backing him up and, and confirming his story. Yeah. And I just found this so interesting that like no one understands what they have in Kaladin. No one understands what an amazing fighter and soldier and asset this person is. And he has to rely on other people to confirm his word. You know, I mean, he also mm-hmm. has the habit of being like, I once held a goblet of a thousand diamonds and was told it was mine. You know, like, I mean, there's a limit as well. But but um, this is just a really interesting thing where he's 100% truthful and people are not going to take it that way at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Although, so it's an interesting thing with Kaladin that he always wants the respect of the people above him. And he doesn't always value the respect of the people below him. Mm-hmm. Because people below him, he has to protect them. They're his responsibility. And I think he wants help doing that, for one thing. He's like, I have to protect the whole world by myself. Okay, Max Evan. <laughs> and that there's so much to protect them from that he usually has to protect the people below him from the people above him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... Zahil kind of doesn't trick him, doesn't goad him, but is just like, do you want to spar? But it's said wordlessly because that's what manly men do. Okay, no, he doesn't. He actually says words. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) So sorry. Uh, He said it with his eyes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then, Zahil said, sweeping the shard blade in the air. Let me see. Let's see what you can do, kid. Convince me to leave you alone. So he's basically, I think, telling Kaladin, like, listen, he's saying with his eyes, I'm a master swordsman. You're never going to beat me. And I'm never going to leave you alone. (laughs) Like, you know. And And so it ends up becoming an exercise in if Zahel was an assassin, could Kaladin do his job? And it's this great cinematically written scene. I mean, this, you can Uh see beat by beat what's happening. I mean, we've talked about how good Brandon is at this. It's not just like, oh, there's motion. Uh, Imagine for yourself what's happening. Just use your own imagination. Brandon is so clear about where everybody is. Like, listen. Okay. I'm a writer. I have writer. I have writing friends. Uh, raise your hand, everyone, all my writers in the room, if you've actually physically stood up before and acted out a scene to make sure you get it right. I would like to talk about uh, beating out a fight scene like this. I'm ready. Go for it. So, as a storyboard artist, 
My biggest nightmare is getting a script that just says... They brawl. They fight. (laughs) (laughs) Or that one time, the brawl begins, and I'm like, sir, that's just they fight with fancier words. (laughs) Um, Because, I'm sorry, Emily, you've heard this all before. okay, I'll listen again. A screenplay is designed, you know, the reason why a screenplay is laid out the way it is, is that each page of your script should amount to about one minute of screen time. And the words, they fight, do not take up much time on the page at all. So if you have a half hour episode, which generally um, is, we say half hours, they're about 22 minutes because you have to factor in advertisements. So a half-hour screenplay should be between 22 and 28 pages long. Well, if you have a big, fancy episode, and it's already at 28 pages, but on page 18, it says, they fight, it's epic, your episode's going to run too long. You didn't, like, you didn't build in enough time for your fight to take place. So it's so much more valuable to me to get a screenplay that's like this, that you don't have to do every single little motion and every single little beat. But if you're writing out a fight, you better block in where your characters start, who begins the action, when does the upper hand change, um, And if you want a fight that's three minutes long, you better write three pages about it. (laughs) So I always really appreciate how Brandon writes fights because like you said, Emily, they are cinematic and I could just by reading that pace out how long it would be in the final episode of mm, the Stormlight Archive television show. (laughs) (laughs) One day we'll get it. One day we will. And, And we will. I want to be on it so bad. (laughs) I want to just direct episodes of it. I don't even have to be the showrunner. I just want to be a director on it. Put your vibes into the universe for it. Oh, I'm vibing. (laughs) I am. I am excessively vibating. No, (laughs) vibrating. This is, so I'm not going to go beat by beat by beat with the fight. It's great. Go read it for yourselves, everyone. But it's interesting because the sword master will change tactics every so often. Like he's fighting with a blade and then he throws it down and like physically runs towards Renar and like, like they're really putting Kaladin through his paces and it's only Kaladin doing this. Like he has other people there who are supposed to be doing this. And I think it's just another example of how Kaladin does everything by himself. Not because mm-hmm. he has to, but I feel like it's also a choice of his. Yeah. But they're they're um, also like verbally sparring about uh in a real fight the man said I might have chased down the prince by now. In a real fight Kaladin said I might have stabbed you with half a spear when you thought me disarmed and they're like and this or this or this or I would have done this and and Zahel finally says like cuz he he wins quote unquote like by all by all intents and purposes he's won the battle because he's got the the shard like right where Kaladin's shoulder met his neck. Your dead son, Zahil said. You've got a spear through the leg, Kaladin said, puffing. You aren't chasing down Renarin like that. I win. You know, and uh, and he says, you're still dead. Like, you know, and 
<laughs> Kaladin's like, joke's on you. I hate being alive. <laughs> <laughs> and Kaladin says, my job is to stop you from killing Renarin with what I just did. He escapes. Doesn't matter if the bodyguard is dead. Like Kaladin is showing like, I have loyalty and you, and I think he's also telling Zayhill like, you are thinking too small. You know, you, you're mm-hmm. not giving of your whole self into this. And then, Megan, what happens? Uh, first, I want to slot in a little bit of world building. Zahel is dueling him with a real shard blade. Mm-hmm. How is he doing this without putting Kaladin in danger? Oh, there's like a... Sorry, I thought you were going to talk for a minute, so I put a treat in my mouth. Um, oh, sorry. Uh. <laughs> there's a guard on the sword that keeps... Mm-hmm. Because we know that... The shard blade's not going to cut flesh. It's going to sever the soul. And you don't want to do that when you're just practicing. Yeah. Um, So this also reminds me a lot of Vasher's last fight against Dent Mm. in Warbreaker. Wait, what book is that again? You know, uh, it's Warbreaker. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the one that's about Warbreaker. Oh, that one. Um. Where in that book, in the final fight, because Denth is like, I'm a better sword fighter than Vasher, uh, and Arsteel was a better sword fighter than Vasher, so there's no way that Vasher could have defeated them. And we find out that Vasher wins by transferring all of his breath or all of his magic um, power over to his opponent and taking advantage of like that moment of shock and surprise and, and sensation in order to win the duel and giving up the super amazing magical thing that everyone has their focus on is a great distraction to help you in your fight. Same sort of thing happens where he and Kaladin square off and Kaladin's getting ready to go up against uh, Zahel's shard blade and Zahel throws the shard blade away. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. But anyway, next Adolin's like, what if the assassin had a buddy? (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't like Kaladin. We know this. And so, yeah, he's like, what if there's two of them? Could you fight two at once? If I wanted to kill father or the king, I'd never send just one. And I feel like that's an insult to Kaladin to be like, yeah, oh, you're not smart enough to think of every single scenario. Therefore, you're (laughs) you're unworthy to protect us. This has such strong varsity high school quarterback <laughs> versus weird new kid in a trench coat energy. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, they start to fight. Not just like, oh, what would happen if we were to... No, they are brawling, Megan. They're brawling. Yeah. Like, I want you, listeners, I want you to picture, you know, in a cartoon when two characters just turned into a puff of smoke and there's, like, just stars flying out of it and fists swinging around, like, (laughs) that's what these two boys are doing. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. And then, Emily, how does, how does this, how does this round out? Well, not great, because, um, Adolin, well... First of all, Kaladin is giving it his all, and Adolin, uh-huh. uh, let's see, hold on. His Cal-Aldin. Yeah. And Adolin 
does something very unsportsmanlike, and he <laughs> basically backhands Kaladin with his shard plate, <laughs> and Kaladin like goes in an arc across the training grounds. This bridgeman empty. Yeet! <laughs> <laughs> and immediately, instead of people being impressed, everyone is horrified and yelling at Adolin like, "You know better. You could have. You could have killed him." And Zahel, yeah, yeah, is like, "You, I trained you better than that." Yeah, and Adolin's like, "He attacked me." <laughs> <laughs> he attacked was, me. I was in the wrong, or he was in the wrong. But um. But Ada, like, Kaladin is hurt, not grievously wounded or anything, but hurt enough that he has to suck in some stormlight and even, even hurt. And in this, in the situation, he's just like, not too much. Don't let them see. And it's very interesting because part of his thought is don't let them take this away from you. That is something that he is always having to be careful about with his friends, with his bridgemen, with his powers, with Syl, with everyone. And so... He has to show restraint at all time. Which, listen, I think he and, and Adolin are foils. <laughs> because Adolin doesn't show any restraint. That's not <laughs> what a damn foil is, Emily! <laughs> That's not how a foil works. No, I... It's just so funny. You get so worked up about it. You are grounded (laughs) from any more AP Lit terms. This is my favorite one. This is my favorite AP Lit term and my favorite uh, film term is frame within a frame and you can never take that away from me. (laughs) I remember. Okay, you guys. Should we talk about the multi-plane camera? (laughs) So Emily and I are watching the original Snow White, the the nineteen thirty eight. It's funny. Film. It's a funny movie. <laughs> it's a good movie, and the opening shot happens, and I pause the movie instantly, and I'm like, okay, so this is a multiplane shot, and Emily goes, a what? I'm like, you know, like with the multiplane camera. She goes, what's a multiplane camera? I didn't know. And I'm like. How do you how do you not know what a multiplane camera is? And then you said, "How would I know what a multiplane <laughs> camera is?" And then what did I get to yell? A lot of things. You taught me how it worked. I've shown you one. <laughs> I have taken you to look at a multiplane <laughs> camera before. So for our listeners, a multiplane camera. Oh no, was, we started it. It's not going to be that bad. Oh, no, it was an invention by the Walt Disney Studios. Um, that's basically a fancier version of a lot of technology that was being used by animation at the time. Um, that has multiple glass planes for your background painting and then your paintings of your characters and then like multiple foreground elements. And the reason why this multiplane camera was like so good is it. Uh, you had very precise control over the rates at which you moved your different layers. So it would make, when you're zooming in and out on something with layers, it would make that more consistent. And it also allowed for a lot of 
layers uh, in front of your characters and behind your characters if there was like a really complex scene like in a forest with vines and stuff and um, the particular multiplane camera developed by the Walt Disney Company won them an Oscar for best technical achievement so there you go for the old mill it's a fancy it's way important piece of animation it's a history fancy way I to zoom in on Emily picture an exact <laughs> not just about the zoom it's about panning as well yeah and so emily's like why don't they just draw the picture really big so they can just move the camera in closer and i'm like because it's about moving the different image planes at different rates anyway megan so... is full of many amazing pieces of knowledge and thank you for sharing so so then I turned to Emily and I was like, if you ever, if you ever, while we are watching a live action movie, ask me, is that a multi-plane camera shot? I will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Which hasn't this is stopped drawn animation only. <laughs> I love you. I love you too. This is fun. So anyway, um, Adolin throws Kaladin across the room. (laughs) A bridgeman flew across my room. Uh, (laughs) And all his ribs are broke. Yep. All the ribs are broke. (laughs) And the bridgeman's mad. All the ribs are broke. So he gets up. And while Adolin is distracted by everyone yelling at him for, you know, hurting an unarmed opponent... Kaladin sucks in Stormlight and charges him. And then Emily will hop him. Everything stops for Kaladin. Like all of his strength drains out. And Adolin is able to easily put the sword up to his neck again and be like, you're dead again. And like Kaladin is left like almost like gasping like a fish on land where he's just, he has no more energy and he does not know what just happened. And I think, I mean, this is, okay, listen, this is fairly obvious. I think it's about intent because this was mm-hmm. a, a, a ploy for Kaladin's own personal revenge when in past times that he's used this, it was always to protect other people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then, yeah, if he if he uses his powers for ill, all gone. Yeah, yeah. Because um, Zahil, like, orders Adolin to go help his brother, you know. And, and, and I love this where Khaled is just sitting there being like, why does he get to give him orders? Like, like just kind of like birds circling his head, tweeting sort of a thing. But the thing is, Zahil then believes him. He's just like, you have fought shard bearers before. I can't believe that you're still alive because you're very foolhardy and everything. And I'm just like, are you not even impressed a little bit that he really was telling the truth? <laughs> uh, I would imagine it would take a lot to impress Zahil slash Basher. And it's really interesting because uh, Adolin, or Kaladin has this really interesting train of thought which okay let me let me just let me just go through it because he says Mm -hmm. two fights three if he counted today did not make one an expert 
I would beg to differ in this case it would because no one else has done it and lived through it like Kaladin has. Like, plate-free, taking down shard blade bearers, you know, like, I don't know. I think, I think Kaladin's rate of comparison is way skewed. (laughs) Yeah. But Zale also tells him, I won't force you to learn. I don't think I could force you, actually. I'm just like, okay, okay, good. Like, someone's not underestimating him for once. Yeah. Oh, and then... Oh! I heard that clunk downstairs. What happens? What's your dumb cat knocking stuff over? Hey, hey, she's not dumb. She's not dumb. Just a, a, a troublemaker. Dare you insult I'm sorry. Olivia. I'm sorry. Olivia Taz. She's a ginger bug. like you. Come on. <laughs> Show some solidarity. She scared me. <laughs> scared me. Um, um, so really quick. Then, okay, so Zale, I, this is the compliment. Is like, I don't think I could force you to do anything. Which I feel is a compliment to Kaladin. And then he says, you remind me a lot of... Of him. Adolin wouldn't let me teach him either. Not at first. And Kaladin's like, I'm nothing like him. How dare you say that? And then Kaladin screams, we're not foils. That's not what a foil is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. One day, I'm going to go to a Cosmere convention with a t-shirt that says there are foils on it. And those of you who get it will get it. And it'll have a picture of Kaladin and Moash. (laughs) Coming soon to Etsy shop near you. Kaladin and Moash are foils. Um, so I I'm we're gonna wrap up this week's episode by talking about the heralds that are in front of each chapter. So in front of now, Emily, I'm going to guess that you can remember stuff about two of the three heralds that we'll talk about this week. The first herald we haven't, I don't think we've really mentioned before. Uh, his name is Ishar, and he is the herald of piety and guidance. Okay. My guess would be he is here to rep all of the ardents that are in this chapter. Okay. Because I don't think Kaladin's acting very pious. No, he's not. Um, in Shalon's chapter, we have the Herald Shalash. Which, was she named after this Herald? Shalon Shalash? Yes, she was! <laughs> Shalon was named for Shalash, but she, uh, her parents changed the last letter of her name so it wouldn't be symmetrical. Okay, cool. So, yeah. Uh, do you remember what Shalash is the Herald of? I do not. Not even a little bit. It's all right. She's the herald of creativity and is also the patron of light weavers. Okay. So it's it's relevant that as Shalon is, you know, actually demonstrating more creativity beyond her magical skills and she's learning a little bit more about light weaving in the in the history of the radiance. I think it's fitting that Shalash is over this chapter. Mm-hmm. And then over uh chapter 18 is Yezrian, yes. who is Captain America. No. Tony Stark. Yes. He is the, what was his position among the heralds? The leader. 
Yep. <laughs> and he is the patron of which order of radiance? Whatever Kaladin is. Yes, the Windrunners. Wind Good job. <laughs> so, and then the song that's going to go on the playlist for this week is Loathing. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. In honor of Adolin and Kaladin hating each other's guts. It's a good one, Megan. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. All right. That's all the business I have this week. Uh, Emily, this was a really fun chap- uh, recording. It was a good recording. We have fun together. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can do another one while the plagues still have me in their grasp. Sounds good. All right. Um, I'm guessing we're going to do 1921. Oh, that's a good question. So uh, I could take this out, but 19 is safe things. 20 is the coldness of clarity. And 21 is ashes. They are all Shallan's chapters. <clears throat> um, the images in front of each of them. Uh, there's, there's the five and a half years ago. So it's the inverted pattern. And then it's okay. the black pattern, and then it's also the black pattern. So it's one flashback okay, to that'll present. be that'll be a that'll be a good stretch. We're gonna have a completely Shalon week right. next week. We this the flashback be, is gonna be pretty short. This will be good for us. For me, yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll see Shalon in a new light after these chapters. All right, so we will be reading chapter 19, Safe Things, chapter 20, The Coldness of Clarity, and chapter 21, Ashes. Oh, well, I'm going to get back to taking a nap. I am going to get back to letting you do that. Oh, thanks. I believe in I you. I believe in you. Ready, break. <laughs> 